for welcoming to Salem Fields. Let's stand to our feet and worship together this morning.
Step down.
Father, we thank you for this day, this day that we've gathered here to celebrate that death has no sting, that you have risen from the grave, you have granted us eternal life, Lord, that sin no longer has power over us, that we can stand with you in full relationship, and how awesome that is. Lord, we celebrate that today as we gather here And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit fill this place, that you would fill each and every one of us, whether we're worshiping here in person or in the cafe or online today, that you would speak to us in a real way, a way of hope. And Lord, we ask your blessing on the words of Gay and of Buddy as as they prepare this message of hope to speak to our hearts, Lord. Let them say what you've called them to say, what you've anointed them to do here today. And God, we praise you, we thank you, and we love you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, happy Easter, everybody. How's everybody doing? Is everybody excited for Easter? Who's excited for Easter? How about that? Yes. Well, we are glad you've chosen to worship with us here at Salem Fields Community Church. It's awesome to have you today on this Easter Sunday. If you haven't already, uh, take out your mobile device and check in on Facebook, visit your social media, and uh, let all everybody know that you're here worshiping with us. And wish everybody a happy Easter. You don't know what effect that might have, that somebody might be excited to, to come on out and check things out at, at another time. And also, if you're a guest or a visitor, if this is your very first time with us, we're especially glad that you've chosen to worship with us. If you haven't already, there, um, there's a table out in the lobby that's especially for you. It says first-time guests. And uh, we'd love for you to come and visit us um, at that table right after the service because we have a free gift for you. So make sure to stop by. And also in your programs, you'll see there's this handy little card here. It's called our connection card. And if it's your first time with us, if you would just fill this out, that would be really helpful to us. Also, if you've been with us before, um, make sure you fill it out also during the course of the service. There's also some room for prayer requests on the back so that you can make your prayers be known and that we can be praying for you throughout the week. And at the end of the service, we're going to be passing around buckets. Usually we pass around the buckets towards the beginning of the service, but this week we're flip-flopping things. So we're going to pass around buckets at the end of the service to collect connection cards as well as any tithes and offerings. And if it's your first time with us, don't feel compelled to give. Know that your connection card is a gift to us. Um, But here at Salem Fields, we believe in the power of tithing. We believe that God has gifted us so much in life that we give back to him that which is already his. And we're going to be doing that towards the end of the service. Um, Also, tonight, did you know, is going to be a historic occasion here at Salem Fields. We're going to have our very first sunset service. Who here has been to a sunset service before? Anybody? I didn't think so. I have never. So come on out and join us again. Finish your Easter dinner. Come back and join us and bring a friend. Maybe somebody that church just isn't their thing and they're kind of turned off by religion. But, you know, they can come and join us and we're going to gather outside for what should be an exceptional time and a historic occasion in the life of the church. And there's going to be a special surprise ending to that. So you do not want to miss that. Also, next week is Biker Sunday. Biker Sunday, yeah. Who's excited for Biker Sunday? Yes. 
So at the 11 o'clock service here, we're going to have a special service for bikers and also those of us who are kind of biker wannabes and those of us that would be like taken up in the excitement of being around bikers and biker wannabes. So don't miss that. Um, it's going to be a great service. If you are a biker or you know a biker, we have cards that are also in your program that you can hand out to a friend and join us for that day. If you um, have a motorcycle and would like to ride it to church that day, we'd love for you to do that. There's going to be a group that's gathering at the park and ride down at the end of Gordon Road at 10 o'clock. Kickstands up at 10.15 to ride here. We're going to be giving out awards for bikes. There's going to be food and music afterwards. So make it a point to be here and invite someone to join you. And also next week at all of our services, we're going to start a new sermon series, a new message series that we're calling Choosing Hope choosing hope. And I think that's real and relevant to all of us, that we, we need the hope of Christ. And we're going to be talking about that more, kind of capping off of Easter and launching forward. So make sure that you're here for that. And our regular service times are at uh, five or 6.02 on Saturday nights, as well as 9 and 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. So make it a point to be here as we cap off our new series, Choosing Hope, next week. Come on back. And also, did you know that we have a new website? which is really, really cool. So check this out. Have you seen the brand new SalemFields.com? The new website features a magazine-style design packed with fresh content, including daily articles posted by SFCC's staff. You can expect to see in-depth content, including articles to help you grow spiritually, reviews, parenting tips, videos, music, and more. And all of your favorite content is still here. Watch the weekly services live and on demand. Keep informed with upcoming events and announcements, as well as secure giving. So be sure to check out the brand new SalemFields.com today and share with your friends. Here at Salem Fields Community Church, we've done a lot of funerals. A lot of funerals have happened in this place. And at the funeral, usually an obituary is read. An obituary is kind of a summary of that person's life that you'll see in the newspaper. And we thought, what if Jesus had an obituary? It might go something like this. Jesus Christ, 33 of Nazareth, died Friday on Mount Calvary, also known as Golgotha, the place of the skull. Betrayed by Judas, Jesus was crucified by the Romans by order of ruler Pontius Pilate. The causes of death were crucifixion, extreme exhaustion, severe torture, and loss of blood. Jesus Christ, a descendant of Abraham, was a member of the house of David. He was the son of the late Joseph, a carpenter of Nazareth, and Mary, his devoted mother. Jesus was born in a stable in the city of Bethlehem, Judea. He is survived by his mother Mary, four brothers, three sisters, numerous disciples, and many other followers. Jesus was self-educated and spent most of his young adult life working as a carpenter, then as a teacher. Jesus also occasionally worked as a medical doctor, and it is reported that he healed many patients. Up until the time of his death, Jesus was teaching and sharing good news, healing the sick, touching the lonely, feeding the hungry, helping the poor, and being a voice for those disenfranchised. Jesus was most noted for telling parables about a revolutionary kingdom of love, 
performing such miracles as feeding over 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish and healing a man who was born blind. On the day before his death, Jesus held a supper during Passover, at which time he foretold his death. The body of Jesus has been buried in a stone grave donated by Joseph of Arimathea, a loyal friend of the family. By order of Pontius Pilate, a boulder, a boulder has been rolled in front of the tomb to seal the grave. And Roman soldiers are also placed there to guard the tomb. In lieu of flowers, the family has requested that everyone remember Jesus for who he was and live as Jesus lived. Donations may be sent to anyone in need. It was just three words, but it changed my life. Just a child, the truth that consumed my mind from my life's first breath till the
we need to remember right off the bat is that Jesus was willing to go to that cross. It wasn't that he wondered if he should. He was willing to go to that cross and die a painful death because of his love for us. Now, we have been honoring him all week. Thursday night, we had an incredible service where we shared in his body and his blood, and we remembered him. And then on Friday evening, we carried the cross, and that was to remind us of what he did on the cross for us. But today is Easter. It's a high and holy day for those who follow Jesus Christ. It's Resurrection Sunday. But unlike the uh, obituary that we read at most funerals, Jesus was very different. Yes, he was dead, but he came back to life. And that's what we celebrate today. The Apostle Paul said, without Jesus being raised from the dead, humanity would be hopeless. I mean, where would we find our hope? Because everything that the world offers runs out of hope. But this hope lasts forever and ever and ever, and it's Resurrection Sunday. And we celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he's the one, and through his resurrection, we're restored, we are healed, and we have hope. And that's really what it's all about. What our world needs today is hope. Now, has anyone here heard of Yogi Berra? Anybody a baseball fan? All right, there he is. He's an old guy, and he's dead, and he probably won't resurrect unless he's a believer and he'll go up. But this is old Yogi Bear. But he was famous for his one-liners. And here are a few of them. Takes you a little bit, but you'll get it. Please cut the pizza in four pieces. I'm not hungry enough to eat eight. I knew exactly where it was. I just couldn't find it. We're lost, but we're making great time. And here's one. If you come to a fork in the road, just take it. <laughs> but here's his most famous, and say it with me. It ain't over till it's over. That was one of his famous one-liners. Now, he said that because he'd seen a lot of games and sports. He was talking about sports. And he had seen a lot of games where it comes right down to the wire, and it looks like one team is going to lose. And it's incredible how the other team comes back and wins. He'd seen a lot of comebacks. Now, I Googled the top 10 uh, sports comebacks in history, and I thought, why am I looking at these? We've had two sports comebacks in history make history just in the last month. Anybody know what it is? Here's the first one. Who's that guy? You guys know Tiger Woods. Now, we've known Tiger Woods since he was a golf phenom, right? It's really interesting because from the time his children were born, they knew him as a loser because it's been 11 to 14 years that he won anything. Now, we knew him when he was a phenom, but for 11 years, he had not won a major. Now, we all saw probably, if you know Tiger Woods, we saw what happened during those 11 years. Remember those personal problems that he had? So humiliating for him. You remember, did anyone see that when he hit the golf uh, club and he went down and his back went out on him? He had a horrible back and uh, he had multiple surgeries, health 
problems. And we saw Tiger go through that long, dry spell. But I'll probably never forget last Sunday, Buddy couldn't get home fast enough to see the rest of the Masters. And so we stayed here and watched it out. When we saw Tiger hit that ball into the cup, and what happened? One is fifth Masters. Now that's a comeback, isn't it? That's a comeback. He fought hard, and it's a great comeback in history. And then, of course, there was another historical comeback. And who do you think that was? Go Hoos, right? Okay, we watched them if you follow basketball. Last year, they were the first seed and the sixth. They made history through their loss and humiliation. They were knocked out of the tournament by the 16th seed. But Tony Bennett did not let that determine who they were. And this year, Buddy and I got to travel up to Minneapolis and watch the Virginia Cavaliers win the NCAA National Championship. Go Hoos! <laughs> I was really happy for Buddy because since he's been 10 years old, he's been a Virginia Cavaliers fan, and he got to experience that in his lifetime. That was a great comeback last year from humiliation. Some people said they went from the outhouse to the penthouse. <laughs> there have been some incredible comebacks in sports, and if you Google them, you'll find you'll find plenty of them there. And that proves what Yogi Berra said. What? It ain't over till it's over. That's right. Well, yesterday was Buddy's birthday. Isn't that sweet? He's officially an old man. I'm in love with an old man. <laughs> but yesterday also marked a, a somber anniversary. If you, be, as you may or may not know, if you watch the news, uh, yesterday was a somber anniversary of a dark and what seemed to be a very, very hopeless time in our country's history. Does anyone know what it was? Yes, Columbine. April 20th, 1999. It's been 20 years. Can you believe that? Two decades ago. It was when in Littleton, Colorado, two gunmen walked into Columbine High School and they killed 12 students and one teacher. It was a very dark day when it seemed that all hope was crushed out of the people of Littleton, Colorado, not to even mention everybody that was there that day. And three people that were there that day was Amy Over, she was a senior, Casey Johnson was a junior, and Tom Maurer's son, Daniel, was a sophomore. They were all there. And Amy... Casey and Daniel's father were asked to write, after two decades, after 20 years, they were asked to write notes to their younger self and reflect on that horrific day that they experienced together. Watch this. Dear Tom. Dear Amy, you're 18 years old, getting ready for senior prom. For the first time in your life, you feel confident. You've overcome loss and depression and are now starting your junior year at a new high school. You've had a really good life. A loving wife, two terrific kids. You're so proud of them. You are not prepared for what you're about to face. Tuesday morning, you'll meet with Dave Sanders, your basketball coach and mentor, to discuss a college scholarship offer. He'll say, you have so much heart, Amy. I knew you could do it. 
instead of heading home for lunch as always, you will end up in the school library. I am a teacher of Columbine High School. There is a student here with a gun. Two hours later, you'll find yourself hiding from gunshots under a cafeteria table. As you crouch in fear with your classmates, you see coach telling us to run, to get out. As you look back, you will see your coach for the last time. You'll be at work watching the news coverage. The shooting broke out just before lunch. But we'll be in denial that something bad could happen to Daniel until hours pass with no word from him. You will hide under a computer desk, quietly pleading with God to save you. You'll simultaneously feel the gut punch of evil as the shooters enter the library and a strong invisible hand on your shoulder providing an unexplainable peace. A slug from a shotgun fired at close range will turn the bones in your shoulder, arm, and hand to dust and burn a path across the front of your throat. You will have the clarity of mind to slump down and pretend you are dead. Coach Sanders and 12 students won't make it out. You'll get out safely. Your wounds are invisible. The day will stretch into two, as it will take nearly 24 hours to be officially notified that your only son was one of the students killed. You will face a parent's worst nightmare, the loss of a child. Stay strong. It won't be easy. You struggle in the aftermath, feeling guilty that you survived. Your sense of safety and trust has been stolen from you. You can't sit with your back to an exit. You fall to the ground in fear when you hear loud noises. Now you're the girl from Columbine, broken. Your coach is gone, basketball isn't the same, and you're not the same. You know, it's a really dark day in our country, and you know, at that time, we didn't hear about that very often, and unfortunately, we've heard a lot since that time of the same kinds of terrible things happening in our country. And you know, I'm sure that the hope was crushed out of the people of that small town and the rest of us heard and we said, what, what's really happening? It was a dark day. But you know, if you really think about it, all of us have been in a place where we felt hopeless, where we had the sense that there was this dark kind of sad cloud over us because there was just something in our life that was going awry or it wasn't working out that the way we wanted it to. We can't love, we can't live in life without having ourselves get to a point like that. And we ask, what do we do? We feel like we just don't know where to turn. We've tried everything that we know. Maybe somebody that you know has been diagnosed with stage four cancer and it just seems like it, it's over it's over, or maybe something else, some other kind of health issue. It may be that you've lost a job, you know, a job that you loved, or maybe it's your marriage. And you know, I can tell you firsthand, marriage is tough. It's hard. You can't sail through life and make a marriage work just easily. It's hard, and, and many of you have probably been to a place where you say, you know, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. I can't figure out a way out. I can't figure out how to do this. I've done everything that I know to do in that big D word. Divorce is just kind of looming and it's actually looking pretty good to you, but you still know that divorce destroys and it rips apart. 
and you feel like you've gotten to this place where you're just at a loss. You just don't know what to do. Maybe there's a relationship that you've had and you've tried and tried. You really entered into it kind of innocent and you did everything that you knew to build love and you've been let down or you've been hurt. All of us have experienced that in our life where we come to a place where we just think things are hopeless and we're never going to get through this. Somebody here today may have experienced a death from someone. I've lost a lot of people that I love in my life. How many people here have experienced a death close to you in your life? Yes, and all of the services, more hands went up than not. Death is, is, is difficult. It seems so cruel, so harsh, and so final. And that's exactly what the disciples felt that day when they saw Jesus hanging on the cross. He had called them to follow him, and they did. They dropped everything for him, and they, and they followed him, and they listened to him teach, and they said, this, this guy is kind of awesome. And they experienced his love, and they loved him back, and they, they spent time with him. But then when they saw him hanging on the cross, they said, this, it's over. It's done. It, the, this is the end. This is hopeless. That's no different than many of us have felt in our life. But today, today proves what Yogi Berra said. What he said, what did he say? It ain't over till it's over. When things seem like they're hopeless, when there's no place for you to turn, and you think that there's no way out, there is always hope. And what we celebrate today is the resurrection. Because like I said, unlike most people, all people that you read in obituary, Jesus came back to life. And that's our hope. He's the one that gives healing and hope. In, in Littleton, Colorado today, and with the people that you saw today, I just saw a report yesterday morning that it is a very hope-filled place because the people of Littleton decided that they were going to find hope and that they were going to make the world a better place. Watch this. Start putting yourself back together before you move on. You will find inspiration in Daniel. You will remember how he was so very shy yet chose to join the debate team. You will start wearing his shoes to symbolize how you too can overcome your shyness. Your survival will be miraculous. A team of doctors will create a one-of-a-kind plan to use donated cadaver bones to save your arm from amputation. Still, your now disabled body and mind will cause pain, PTSD, and paranoia. You have thrived after difficult circumstances before. You can do so again. You'll have two beautiful children and be married to the love of your life. He'll show you a path forward even when you couldn't see one and you'll walk it together. The first time you drop your daughter off at school, you'll have a panic attack, fearing she too will not be safe in the classroom. It's a chronic disorder you'll battle for years. Tell your kids not to worry. We can't live our lives in fear. You will make Daniel proud. <laughs> Adopting a baby girl from China, giving the time you would have given to him to another child, and bring healing to your family. You will marry your Prince Charming and welcome four beautiful babies into your family. 
your story. You'll travel around the country, share your story, and help others like the kids from Parkland and Paducah. You will learn to use your story as a public speaker and author to encourage others and to advocate for bone and tissue donation. When you speak publicly, you will wear Daniel's old Vans shoes, the very ones he was wearing on April 20th, 1999. Take solace in the fact you will proudly walk in Daniel's shoes for the rest of your life. I will leave a lot on. Persevere, ask for help, and embrace love and empathy. It will allow you to move beyond life's difficult moments and reach the beautiful ones. Continue to be brave. Choose freedom from fear. Do not allow the troubles in your life to hold your heart and mind. The journey will be tough, but you will not only survive, you'll thrive. Cause I will leave the light on. Sometimes we look for hope in the wrong places. There is always hope, and it's in the resurrection. There's hope after death. There's light after darkness. I can't think of a greater comeback story than that of Jesus of Nazareth. He was beaten. He was crucified. He was dead. And he was sealed in that grave. Yet that would not keep him down. A lot less keeps us down, doesn't it? But he was raised from that so that we can find light after darkness. He breathed again. And he breathed his life and his healing into places that had the stench of death. That's our hope today. That's our hope. Billy Graham says this. He said, the Bible says for the believer, there's hope beyond the grave. Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and his resurrection. No matter what dark, dead place you may find yourself in today, there is always hope. Because as Yogi Bear said, it ain't over till it's over. Right, bud? Right. I'm not sure y'all believe that. It ain't over till it's over. Give us some gusto on yeah. that. It ain't over. over till... We're going to have to do some voice exercises like Roddy taught us last week. <laughs> anyway, Easter always brings hope, folks. It always brings hope, assuring us that it ain't over till it's over. You know, there's nothing worse than feeling hopeless. Hopelessness. Even Jesus on the cross, he asked the same question that many of us ask when we're going through dark times. Many of us ask, why? Why is this happening to me? Why is this going on? Why is this happening in my life? Jesus said, uh, why, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He must have felt hopeless. He, he must have felt like it was over. But oh, what makes Resurrection Sunday a celebration is that Easter is the hope of Easter. That Easter gives each and every one of us hope. It proves to those of us that feel hopeless that it ain't over till it's over. So today I want us to look at why we can have hope uh, at Easter and all through our life. 1 Peter 1, 3 through 5, and I will do this quickly, okay? And that's the truth. You know, I know when most uh, preachers say that, they don't really mean it, but I'm not lying <laughs> this time. But anyway, <laughs> 1 Peter 1, 3-5, praise be the, 
to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, never spoil, or never fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Think about that. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in that last moment. I found three hope. I found three areas of hope in that short passage of scripture. The first one is it ain't over till it's over because we have a living hope. We have a living hope. You know, see, our hope is alive. The tomb is empty. And our hope is a living hope because he is alive and well today. And the Bible teaches us that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, ever interceding for us, ever speaking up for us to God. He's alive. You, you see, it, it is in this living hope that you and I receive God's abundant mercy. His mercy is beyond anything we can imagine. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve his mercy. You know, we can't earn it. We can't buy it. But it's freely given to us. You see, this living hope that we're talking about speaks of something we cannot do for ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot do this for ourselves. It's God who makes our spirit aware of uh, of our need for God's grace. I got saved on Easter Sunday, 1980, a long, long time ago. That's 39 years ago. And I can remember that day sitting in that church, and it was like God said to me, Buddy, that guy's talking to you. You need my grace. You need my mercy. God is the one that makes us aware of his need. What kind of love is that? That is awesome love that God not only died for us, but he makes us aware of our need for him. But ultimately, it's our choice. We need to find our living hope through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that living hope then lives in a believer's heart. You see, no matter how dark it gets, no matter how bad life is and may be for you today, no matter how much pain you may be experiencing and living through today, or how fearful you are, or how hopeless you feel, it, it, it ain't over till it's over because we have a living hope in Jesus Christ. And once this living hope lives in us, no matter how desperate times are, we can hang on because God has proven to us through the empty tomb that it ain't over till it's over. He'll come through when it seems like it's impossible. It ain't over till it's over because we also have an everlasting hope. This lasting hope, uh, everlasting hope, is a hope with a legacy. Jesus died that we may live forever. You see, we won't die. When we die, we won't really die. We'll die to this life, but we'll live eternity in the life to come because Jesus died for us. You know, to receive an inheritance, someone had to die. If you are the recipient of an inheritance, somebody died. And you received your inheritance. And because of Jesus' death on the cross, believers have an amazing, amazing inheritance stored up in heaven. And the Bible says it will never perish, it will never spoil, and it will never fade away. This hope is a fixed hope. It's not like the stock market that has a tendency to change every day. This hope has a permanent promise. That for those of us who believe in the name of Jesus Christ, 
whoever believes in his name shall have eternal life and we will have a inheritance beyond what we can even imagine. While the, wor while the world does offer hope, it offers hope, but it's illegitimate hope because many times when we jump on the world's hope, it only makes our life more hopeless. Authentic hope, real hope, lies in the hands of the real giver of hope, Jesus, the risen Savior. And finally, I told you, and finally, it ain't over till it's over because we have a powerful, loving hope. We have a powerful, living hope. The love of the cross and the power of the resurrection demonstrates the hope we can have in Jesus when life seems hopeless. You see, we're shielded. The Bible says we're shielded. In other words, we're guarded, we're protected. I want you to know today, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, Jesus is a safe place for our soul. We can trust Jesus with our soul. If we're a believer, he's a safe place. By his death and resurrection, we are shielded, guarded, protected from the penalty of sin. He suffered for what we deserve. Do you realize the Bible says we're all sinners and we all deserve to die and go to hell? I mean... Happy Easter. <laughs> We're all sinners. We all deserved hell. But Jesus took our place. He took our place. He took our sins. And when he was nailed to the cross, he nailed our sins to the cross with him. And although many people in our world reject his sacrificial love, he died. He died that whosoever, that means every one of us, no matter what your past is all about, no matter, where, no matter where you spent last night, no matter all the mistakes, all the dumb sins, anything you've done wrong, it doesn't matter. The Bible says whosoever, I can't preach because I'll get too long, whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. You see, he shields us from the power sin. Sin also no longer has power over the believer. You see, we have been set free. You know, we're no longer at odds with God. What do you mean? Well, when we sinned, we became we were at odds with God. We became at, we were we were we became at odds with God. And because of the cross, that God, we are reconciled to God. He has become our loving friend. Through his son Jesus. This resurrection life we receive from God is not a solemn graveyard life. I mean, you know, it, graveyards, man, you can't laugh in a graveyard, right? Because somebody's sad there. And so to me, graveyards are a sad place. Once I get there, I don't care if anybody comes to visit me or not. You know, my, a Christian life is not this dull, a boring life. You know, many people think when they uh, become a Christian, they give their life to Christ, and all of a sudden, all the joy and all the fun is sucked out of our life, and, you know, and that no longer can we have any fun, that God kind of died so we wouldn't have fun. <laughs> but I got to tell you something. This is the greatest adventurous life that any person alive could ever live is living a life in a, as a believer in Jesus Christ. It's full of wonder. It's full of hope. It's full of joy. It's full of adventure. Yeah, it has its down times, but we have hope that we can make it through the down times because we have been set free from sin. You see, God's spirit touches our spirit and confirms to us that we are children of God. 
Just as loving earthly parents go through the good and not so good times with their children, God goes through the good times with us and he also goes through the hard and difficult times with us. Therefore, we are children of God. And if we're children of God, we are going to get what's coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance. An unbelievable, we cannot even imagine. The eye cannot and the mind cannot even comprehend what heaven, what this inheritance that God has in store for us is all about. I love what Romans says, Paul says in Romans, and I love this passage of scripture and you just might have to bear with me because it's, it's a great one. That's why I don't think there's any comparison, Paul says, between the present hard times and the coming good times. Think about that. I mean, we might be going through some hard times, but here's what I want to say to you. If you're a believer, Paul says, man, there is no comparison between the hard times and the good times. I like good times, and they're coming. The Bible says, the created world itself can hardly wait for what God, uh, what's uh, coming next. Everything in creation is being more or less held back. God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at the same moment into the glorious time ahead. Meanwhile, the Bible says, the joyful anticipation deepens. I mean, the excitement gets broader and deeper, and, and, and all around us we observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it's within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than dimini waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We, of course, don't see what is, uh, what is enlarging us. But the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joy our uh, expectancy the more joy that we can expect, the longer we wait. And no matter what hard time we're going through, folks, we have an inheritance. And there is more joy in that than we can even imagine. You ought to read that again sometime. And let it just sink in. It's a good, good read. And finally, we're kept from the presence of sin. Oh, I said finally twice. Although we, that's a preacher for you right there. He doesn't know the ending. <laughs> Although we still live in a sinful world, one day we will all be made, it will all be made right. Everything will be made right. Our salvation will be made complete and we will enjoy our inheritance throughout eternity. You know, like Jesus, we too shall live. We too shall live. The Bible says at the sound of the trumpet, those who have died with the Lord will be raised from dead and those who are living will short, follow shortly. Woo! Now that can preach. That is good Good news. We shall live. I can tell you, you can come to my graveyard sometime after that happens, and you'll look down and say, Oh, the tomb is empty. He's alive. And he's was seated at the seated beside the Father at the right hand of God. He's going to be there worshiping him. So it all comes down to this, folks. Easter takes us from beyond the tragedy of the cross to the hope of the empty tomb. It tells us that there is hope for eternal life, for Christ has conquered death. It also tells us that God has triumphed over evil and death and hell. His resurrection, folks, proves it. Seven people believe that. His resurrection proves. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Woo. We have, an, we have a living and everlasting hope. And if you've not experienced that in your life, you can experience that before you leave today, and your ham will taste so much better. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this gathering. We thank you, Lord, that you have gathered here with us this morning, Lord, that you're not some dead God somewhere tucked away in a tomb, but God, you are alive and well, and you have come to be with us this morning. And we thank you for that. And Lord, I pray today that your Holy Spirit would minister during these last moments uh, that we have together. I pray, Lord, that you would just fill our hearts with the joy and presence of the Lord. If you're here today and you say, you know what, buddy, I believe in Jesus. But I got to tell you, I'm going through a difficult time in my life. I mean, it, it, it seems hopeless. It seems impossible. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do about my marriage. I don't know what I'm going to do. My finances, you know, my children, you know, whatever it might be, your health. And it just feels so hopeless. Well, I can tell you, you have a living hope. And that living hope will help us to hold on and trust that God is going to raise that dead situation to life again. If you're here today and you say, buddy and gay, would you please pray for me? You know, I'm going through, I'm going through a time, a dark time, tough time, painful time. I'm going through a time of doubt, whatever it may be. And you say, this Easter Sunday, I'd like for my pastors to pray for me. Would you just slip up your hand if that's you and just say, yeah, I'll, just say, yeah, that's me, all over the auditorium. We all go through difficult times. You know, to live in this world is to go through difficult times. You can put them right back down. You know, we're just going to pray for you. Anybody else? Just slip your hand up. Yes, I see it in the very back. Yes, ma'am, I see, see you. Yes, over here to my left and in the back and in the very back. God bless you. God knows your heart. He sees your hand. He wants to give you hope today over here on this side. On the left, in the back, I see your hand. Anyone else? Yes, in the back. God bless you. Gay's going to pray now that God will give you hope, that you can hold on no matter how tough the situation, knowing that one day God is going to deliver you just like he did his son. Father, we thank you so much for your presence here right now. Father, we know that you have been here so that you could speak to our hearts and to remind us that you want to give us hope and healing and restoration. Father, I thank you for those sweet, tender, vulnerable hearts yes. that opened to you and lifted their hands and said, I'm at that place. And so, Father, would you give them just a special sense of your presence right now that they would sense that you're just wrapping your arms around them and just filling them with your presence and your spirit and your hope yes lord father we thank you so much for everyone in this room for those online for everyone in this building for those lord that have opened their hearts to the resurrection power father we just pray that we'd be filled with you Yes. And that we would remember in those times where our feelings mislead us that we can know because of the resurrection that we have hope and that it's not over until it's over and that as we just continue to put our faith and trust in you that we will see the break of dawn. So Father, thank you once again for your precious spirit that's ministering to us here right now in yep. Jesus' name. Now, with all of our heads still bowed, maybe you're saying, man, I want to pick up my inheritance. I didn't know this deal came with an inheritance. 
Maybe today you just know that God has spoken to you and said that you need his mercy and your grace. You feel it in your life. You just sense it in your heart that you need to know Jesus in a personal way. I mean, you could know him personally. If that's you today, you say, man, I, I just want to know God personally. I want to experience this hope living in me. Would you pray this prayer with me? You don't have to pray it out loud. You just pray it in your heart. And it goes like this. Jesus, just pray that in your heart or out loud, however. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I ask you right now to forgive me of all my sins. Now you pray, Jesus, I invite you into my heart to be my Savior, my living hope. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, I just invite you right now to say, thank you, Jesus. Just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being my Savior. Now, with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, no one peeking around, because we don't want to embarrass anyone. We didn't bring you to church to embarrass you, but to share living hope with you. If you prayed that prayer this morning with all of our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, Gay and I will be looking around. I want to pray for you as we close out this morning. Now, if you did, if you prayed that prayer, would you just slip up your hand? Yes, I see your hands. You. Wow, all Thank over you. the auditorium. Wow. God bless you. All over the auditorium. The tomb is empty. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand on the left. Anyone else? Just slip your hand up. Yes, ma'am. Right here in the middle and in the back. Yes. Wow, too many to count. God Thank bless you. Woo. Proves once again the tomb is empty. The power of Jesus. Father, thank you for every person in this room and maybe some online or in the cafe who prayed that prayer of salvation, God. And you have forgiven them, Lord, and you are their Savior. I pray that they'll know that right now in their heart. They'll know without a doubt, God, that you have forgiven them. Would your spirit testify with their spirit that the living God, the living God, the God of hope lives in their heart. Father, thank you for your great outpouring of your spirit this morning. And I pray, God, that this will be a new day, a new day, born again day, a new day, new start for those this morning who raised their hand. God, we pray blessings upon them. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want to assure you on God's word that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, the Bible says you are saved. So praise the Lord. Amen. Yes, now, amen. Now, don't leave because you know that it ain't over till it's over, right? And I want to say one more thing. If you prayed that prayer, I'd love to talk to you just a minute up front after, the, after all this is over. Or you can go out to the lobby and talk to the pastor out there okay thank you and what we're going to do now is let's stand together and we're going to worship this living hope and i cannot tell you how it makes me smile that the angels in heaven are holding a party because see already because so many people have come to him now after this song don't leave because it ain't over till it's over let's worship
Hey, you guys, this was wonderful. Um, I, did you notice, did the baskets come around there? Uh, we were going to take it here. If they need to go around again, you can do that yeah, again. Do yeah, do it again. Do it again. It ain't over till it's over. But you know around here we celebrate. And remember that next week we're starting a, a series called Choosing Hope. It's going to build on this. And the hope's going to build. So remember to come back. But we're going to celebrate now. You know at Salem Fields, it ain't over till it's over. We're going to celebrate the resurrection. Here we go.
Gavin. Because the Bible says that when one person comes to know Christ, all the angels get together and throw a party. So we did one here on earth to practice. Okay? We can't imagine what that was going to be like, but praise the Lord. Now go out. Live hope. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Hey, don't forget, Biker Sunday. Biker it's Sunday. Gonna be